1: it's the Stinkin' Truth Podcast with Mark Schlereth.
0: Presented by Sweet Sweat. Hey guys, welcome in Stinkin' Truth with Mike Evans, Mark Schlereth, Scott the Huff, producing the show. want to thank our presenting sponsors, great folks over at Sweet Sweat for all your exercise and uh, supplement needs. Check them out at sweetsweat.com. Uh, Mike, I am, uh, I am currently, like I did a pretty good job over the course of the season. Uh, I only put on about 10 pounds over the course of the entire season. So, uh, you know, I started off at about uh, 48, I ended up about 58, which is not bad over six months for me. That's not bad. A lot of Friday night A lot Fox of Friday dinners. night steaks. Yeah. So, uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm going, I'm going uh, all the way. Going all the way with my folks at Sweet Sweat, I'm, I'm getting my body into ketosis, Mike. Ketosis? Ketosis, right. Just where I'm going to be a fat burning machine. Oh. I am going to be sexy. Yeah. I mean. Right. I, oh. Ripped ripped shredded, shredded rock hard <laughs> oh jeez right <laughs> it's going to be great speaking of rock hard i'd like to present uh, no um uh, <laughs> I was going to give an ED commercial, but we don't have an ED company. But if you'd like to be one on here, uh, you know hey, what? We'll talk about Boner Pills. Yeah, <laughs> no question. Um, so the great folks over at Sweet Sweat for more at SweetSweat.com. Also, Superbook, America's best bet. Check them out at Superbook. They are awesome. And Jake Cornegay from Superbook will join us a little bit later to go over our picks against the spread. All right, here we are. Super wild card weekend. Not just wild card weekend. It's now a super wild card weekend. So, you know what that means, don't you? It's super? Well, it means that many more games, right? Three on Saturday, Uh, three on Sunday. Oh, I love it! Here is my advice. Uh, This is my advice. Stretchy pants. Yep. I am just going to be eating and farting all weekend long. It's going to be awesome. Yep. Just in my stretchy pants. Well, uh, we we hit the couch early on uh, Saturday morning and uh, we've got the Colts and the Bills. And you know, it's 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 one of those things that there's some of these matchups. You're just like, oh man, can you imagine what the scene would be like if we had fans? Can you imagine right. what it would be like in oh, Buffalo? In Buffalo? Oh my goodness! Let, let me just tell you this about Buffalo: there are not enough foldable pink uh, picnic tables. Like there is, I'm sure that every Walmart and every Target and every you know wherever you can get a a like a foldable. Picnic outdoor table—they're sold out because Bills Mafia are going to be breaking tables all over the place. So you know, I mean, they're riding high right now. Chief fan, Chief fan is is riding high, but uh, so I like to tweak them every once in a while. Uh-huh. I don't know, man. I look at Buffalo. I mean, that is the team with some serious mojo rolling into these playoffs. Confidence pick uh, between these two. Where where are you right now? Between in, in this game in general, where are you at? This game, yeah, I, I I think the Bills the Bills have just looked too dominant and too impressive down the stretch to to think that they're going to get beat. You know, I think it's so important rolling into the playoffs to have momentum, to feel good about where you are, both offensively and defensively. And you watch them over the last few weeks. I mean, the blowout of the Broncos, the blowout of uh, everybody they faced. Uh, then they blow out New England, blow out my. I mean, everybody. They have just put it on people. I think, in the last, I think the last three weeks, they've scored 140 some odd points in the last three. It's just been an unbelievable ass whipping that they put on. So, just walking into a game having that kind of uh, momentum, that kind of flow, that kind of believability in what you're doing as an organization man that that is a powerful place to play from now they're not exactly knocking out a, a murderer's row of teams here i mean they beat the the broncos the patriots and you know the, the the dolphins who just didn't show up that day but you're right here i mean they've scored their last 3 weeks 48 38 and 56 by the way the dolphins were in that to win and go to the playoffs so it's not like they're getting it's not like they're having a team that just rolls yeah. over i mean they've been putting it on people so yeah I, I really have a lot of confidence in what they're doing. What, okay, then What what's missing from the Colts then? What ultimately will be their downfall? You know, I, I think they're a really good football team. Uh, I yeah. don't know that anything's missing. Like, I think defensively they play well. I think they've got a a much better running game than people give them credit for. They've got a dominant offensive line. And and I will tell you this about Phil Rivers. I call him Phil. Did you notice that? Yeah, Phil. I That's Not, the first time I think I've ever called him Phil. Yeah. Philip um listen he's a guy that certainly still has a ton of football left in him when he's protected man that dude can dice i mean slice and dice you uh, a year ago in <laughs> with the chargers chargers were so upset with him because you could see it you could watch it on film philip wasn't in, in he wasn't really enthused about taking hits and he wasn't afraid to throw it inside a team meeting knowing hey man we're not that you know this is where we are right now He's much more judicious with the football. They're protecting him. He's got an outstanding offensive line. I, like, they're a really good team. They're a really good team. So this should be this should be theoretically this should be a great game. All right, uh, we'll get to your picks a little later on with uh, uh, with Jay. But uh, look at let's look at all the games real okay. quick. Um, you know, you get the next one is the Rams and the Seahawks, and you know the Rams have always played the Seahawks tough. Although yes. Seattle beat him, uh, the the last meeting of uh, of the season, where, where are you at with Goff? You, you think he plays, and if he does play, just how effective will he be? Yeah, I just I just don't know that he's going to. I know he's been tossing the ball around. There's a bit of a difference, you know, between little really letting a rip and 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 protecting that thumb. I will they give him a shot? Yeah, I, I Jerry Goff is just not. He's he's been so up and down. I just can't imagine. Obviously, watching um, the backup play last week, what's his name, Wolford or Wolford, whatever? Wolford, yeah. He's an unbelievable little athlete, man, scrambling around. And it, they really played, they won 18 to 7. They really, their whole offense was him scrambling around and making some plays with his feet. He made a couple of great throws, he made a couple of atrocious throws. Um, but the bottom line is he's a little scrambler. Um, and, and that's kind of how they won that game against the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I just think there's—I think Seattle, offensively, with what they've got going on right now, defensively, they've played a lot better. I think their linebacking core is really good. Uh, Dunlop has really made a, a big difference there from a pass-rushing standpoint. Uh, they have played better. With him there, he has freed up the other guys, like Reed and some other guys, to really make plays. I, I just think Seattle's a better football team in general, and I think they win this game. Well, and I guess this also goes for the the Cleveland uh, Pittsburgh game. Where, where are you on the idea of having to play a team that you just played and have to beat them again? Is, is that do you have confidence yeah. based on what you just did a couple weeks ago? Or is there something to the idea that the losing team has the advantage because they can come back and, you know, present new looks and adjustments and all that stuff? No, I think that everybody, you know, everybody, you know what everybody's core is. You know, I always heard that when I was playing. Hey, it's hard to beat a team three times in a season. Bullshit. (laughs) Like, if I beat them twice, I can beat them again. You know, psychologically, we're better than you. And we know it, right? So I— I don't I don't buy that whole hey back to back weekends or hard to beat a team three straight times or whatever. Um you just got to go out and execute. Mike, you just have to go out and execute. I think Cleveland is is a decided like I, there, there's a reason they're uh, 6 points uh underdogs. And the reason is man, you don't have your head coach. You don't have your play caller. You know how hard that is? I called a game in Detroit where they didn't have their play calling. Their their head coach was also the play caller. It was their interim head coach in Bevel. They didn't have their defensive play caller in Corey Urban. Um, they didn't have anybody. Like, their whole staff was out with COVID. It was an atrocious. I mean, it was atrocious. There's so much more than just calling plays. There's a feel. There's an understanding of what that defense or what that offense is trying to do to you. There's a personnel standpoint and, and who you can attack, who you're not – And if you're not versed in that, if you haven't done it before, if, if, you know, I mean, it's like anything, the first time you do it, the first time, like the first time you've been doing shows before. So you've done radio shows. You've been doing radio for what? 25 years. Yeah. Okay. The first time, think about this. You were on a show. You weren't the host, but you were, you know, the, the, the guy that sits in my chair, right? The first time they asked you to actually host a show. Think about that first experience compared to what you are now. Totally different. It's completely different. It's it's a hard thing to do, so I just think there's a huge disadvantage to not having a play caller that's been there, that's done that, that's that's called plays before. But does it help Cleveland that their offensive philosophy isn't wide open, chuck it all over the place and, you know, complex passing game. I mean, they want to play ground and pound, don't they? And so does having a simplified approach, doesn't that make the transition a little bit easier? I think simplified approaches are great. And I think I I always believe in keep it simple, stupid philosophy, but uh, again, critical situations, third down situations, um, are you connected with your quarterback? Do you know what he really likes? Yeah, he's going to tell you what he likes, but, like, sometimes what he likes, maybe it's not number one thing he likes. Maybe the number three thing is a better thing to run. But you go well, he really likes this. And based upon the defense that, that they give you, there's no easy answer right off the bat. Do you know what I'm saying? So I just think there's – I just think that's a hard thing to do. Um, and plus, there's just a confidence when you have a guy that's called plays, when you have a guy that's in charge of your organization, there's a there's an ultimate confidence there, and that confidence is a little bit. It's got to be a little bit waning when that guy is not standing on the sideline. All right, since we're talking about this game, of Pittsburgh, uh, they they look bad in losing to Washington, Buffalo, and especially bad losing to Cincinnati. Uh-huh. They they break through and have a terrific second half. They come back and they beat Indy, and then they shut it down last week. You know, spirited effort, but no Ben. Uh, They end up losing to the Browns. Did this team do enough in that one half against Indy to convince you this is a team that can make a a deep playoff run? I think, no, not to make a deep playoff run. I think they can win one. Um, I still think that they fancy themselves a four and five wide spread team, throw it underneath, and... um, you know, and and we're going to beat you that way. To do that, I think defensively, you have to be so good. You have to be so good at putting the opponent's offense in long down situations, second and long, third and long. You have to get after the quarterback. You've got to create turnovers. you got to give your offense some short fields. I think ultimately, especially playoff time, man, you got to physically be able to impose your will. And you have not done that. You really haven't done that. That's not been your philosophical approach to football I don't know that you can flip the switch, Mike, and it's hard to get yourself back into a rhythm if you don't have that aspect of your football team dialed in. So um, do I think they can beat? I think the disadvantage to the Browns is greater than the disadvantage to the Steelers. So I think the Steelers can beat the Browns, but I think they're going to have a tough time going beyond that. The way that Tom Brady finished the season, if he was finishing the season this way in New England, based on past experience, I'd be like, watch out. Right. Watch out. But he did it in Tampa. Does that automatically mean it translates for Tampa like it would for New England? I think I think this Tampa offense is on the same page. I think the last six weeks they've been able to do the extra work that they weren't able to do early in the season because of heat, um, because of exhaustion, because of, of new timing and players and all those things. I think they are dialed in, and I think that Bruce Arians has acquiesced to some degree to what Tom Brady likes and they have found a real happy medium between the two of them with pre-snap versus post-snap reads. Uh, I talked to Brady about it. I talked to Bruce Arians about it late in the season. Um, I think they're offensively dialed in. I'd like to see them more committed to the running game, but they're committed enough to uh, open up some play action, and that's really what Bruce Arians wants anyhow. And defensively, man, they are like, both sides of the football, Mike. They are a boomer bust team. Like they can boom on you and, and beat you by thirty, and then they can get conservative, and you can run right back up to them. It happened last week, last week of the season. You know, they take a huge lead, they give it back to Atlanta, and then they finish with a flurry, because they're all about big strikes on the offensive side of the ball. As Bruce as Bruce Arians always says, "No risk, it no biscuit." And So they're big on that, and they're also big on defense. We're going to blitz pressure you first down, second down, third down. Can you handle it? And we believe that even when we give up a big play, and we'll give up a few, right? We'll bust a protection, or bust a, a coverage. We'll bust something. Um, we've got enough speed and athleticism and just nastiness to create more big plays than we give up. And ultimately, we're going to give our offense a short field. We're going to get a pick six, and we're going to blow you out. And, and that's how they play football. And I believe it's a formula um, right now against this Washington football team that will work. You know, you talk about formulas. And and Tennessee, the way that they're built, they showed it last year. They're they're built perfectly for the playoffs, you know, Mm -hmm. and and cold weather and just bruising and uh, controlling the lines of scrimmage, things like that. But, man, this this Titans-Ravens game, on one hand, I got the Ravens who've won five in a row and are averaging about 35 to 40 points Mm -hmm. per game in doing so. And a Titans team that over the last five weeks uh have had games where they've given up 41, 40, and thirty eight points. Yeah. That that to me is the that to me is the biggest issue is they've given up a ton of points. Um, you know, I'm I'm calling a game in Carolina last week, and so one of the teams I broke down was Carolina versus Tennessee. And you know how I make videos for all my crew, right? So I can show them what. Well, hey, this is the this is a dig hole that I think Drew, uh, Drew Brees is going to try to exploit in this defense, and blah blah blah, all these things, right? So I go through all this stuff, Mike. I I, I ended up making four videos on Tennessee's offensive line on their right uh, on their right guard Davis number sixty four, and on their left guard Saffold number I think he's seventy six. They are dominant. I mean, they are dominant running the ball. And, and I realize I, I make four videos. And I'm like, wait a minute, I'm not covering Tennessee. But I got so excited. It's like, tie on the doorknob. Don't come in here, sweetheart. O-line I'm watching. Horn. Yeah, I'm watching Tennessee. So I, I think what they do in the running game, what they do on offense is great. They just haven't been able to match it on defense. I think, from a connectivity standpoint, the offense of the Baltimore Ravens and the defense tie together much better than they do in Tennessee, and I think that's why the Ravens will win this game. All right. Uh last game to talk about. Bears, Saints. I-, I know you like the Saints a lot. Yeah. But they've had some really shaky playoff history of late. Does that They're not playing Minnesota. Does that play a factor <laughs> though? Does does that No I I don't I don't back of your mind right. type stuff, no? I don't believe so. I think if they were playing Minnesota this weekend, if Minnesota got in <laughs> there, yeah, I would come into I don't think it does with the Bears. I I just think the Saints all levels of their offense, running back, although they'll miss Kamara, but running back, quarterback, O-line, receivers, tight ends, they they have Pro Bowl-type players there. I don't know if Mike Thomas, what, what his, Michael Thomas's situation will be. Um, but then on the defensive side, I, I, David Anyamada, uh Cam Jordan, um, Trey Hendrickson has, I think, 12 and a half sacks. Like, they're good. DeMario Davis is as good as there is in this league right now at the linebacker position. And... LaShawn Lattimore is outstanding. Janoris Jenkins will gamble. He's a good player. I just think they're really talented, all three levels of that defense. I, I just think they are they will end up not only beating the Bears, but beating them handily. And, yeah, you can't, you just can't ultimately trust Mitch Trubisky. All right, well, we, we've talked about him. T- mm-hmm. Time now to see what we've learned and uh, put our money where our analysis is. All right, guys. As promised, Jay Cornegay of uh, uh, Superbook is is joining us right now to go over our picks. Jay, uh, Mike, and I um, are locked. We're embroiled in a battle. I kicked his ass in the regular season picks, but what we're gonna? No, you didn't. Yeah, one percentage. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, one percent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Talk about talk about a battle. Talk about a battle for mediocrity. Uh, His winning percentage through the regular season was forty eight percent. Mine was forty seven percent. Pretty good, though. <laughs> Pretty good, Jay. So you, you're you with a left couple you in of – the
1: dust, Mike. Just left you
0: in the dust. Yeah. yeah. You're dealing with a couple of uh, trained professionals here. <laughs> so, all right. I'm going to let Mike – we're going to go through all these – we're going to go through quickly all these games. And uh, Mike and I haven't seen each other's picks. So, um, normally he picks first or I pick first, and the other guy can't repeat any games. But we're going to pick them all, and we're going to see where the uh, – Kind of how the dust settles. So, Mike, I'll let you go first. Yeah, and and I I think the thing that jumps out at me right away, Jay, is there there are some pretty um, I, I think attractive underdogs uh, th- this weekend. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start right off. I'm gonna take the uh, Colts plus the six and a half. Over the Bills, I think the Bills do win, but but Indy is a good, solid football team uh, that that I think will be tough to blow out. So I'll take the Colts plus the six and a half. Uh, I'm going to go with the Seahawks minus three and a half. It's it's a bit of a stinky line. Uh, you know, wondering what's going to go on with Goff, but uh, I just haven't been impressed with the Rams down the stretch. So I'll take I'll take Seattle minus the three and a half. Uh, Tom Brady seems to be peaking at exactly the time that that Tom Brady peaks uh, the postseason and. Uh, I'll take the Buccaneers minus the eight and a half. Uh, I love the way the Ravens are playing right now. I got some questions about the Titans. So I'll take the Ravens minus the three. Uh, the Saints will win, but that that's a big number, uh, nine and a half. I'll take the Bears plus the nine and a half. And I, I know the Browns, there seems to be a, a, a feeling that the, the Browns are doomed without Kevin Stefanski. I think this Browns team has a little bit of grit. I'm not sold on the Steelers. I'm going to take the Browns plus the six. Nice. Are you going next, thing? No, you go. You go ahead and you critique those. You oh, could, why? Why do you want him to critique them? Yeah, so that to... you can get some free information? No 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 no, like no, that. No, 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 no. Why don't you do no, your, we've, picks? No. You do no, your we've, picks? We've got four different picks. I'm not changing <laughs> my <laughs> picks. Okay, okay, so go ahead. All yeah, right. go ahead. I'm G- be give watching him. watching you now. Give him the critique. Well,
1: give him some insight. You know. If, you know, right off the bat, you know the, the most interesting game of the weekend, I believe, is the Colts at the Bills. And it's really unfortunate that it's 10 a.m., you know our time out here, on, on Saturday because this is going to be a, a very popular game. I mean, we know the Bills are on a roll. They've covered eight straight. They haven't lost since that game at Arizona. I believe that was the Hell murray, murray game right. way back then. So I can understand why so many people are on the Bills. But what's interesting about this game is, this is the first time the Colts have been an underdog all season long. That's crazy. And then next thing you know, they're a touchdown underdog. So I really don't blame Mike for liking the Colts here. The game is six and a half, but there have been some sevens that popped up around, around the sports betting world. And as soon as those sevens pop up, those sharp guys jump on it. But I think the public will win at the end, and this thing will be pushed to seven. But I do like the Colts there. Rams uh, at the Seahawks. You know, McVeigh's been very coy about you know golf and if he's going to play or not. But it's trending down, so it looks like he could give it a go. We open five here, it's down at three and a half. I do like the Seahawks here. I mean, if golf does play, he's certainly not going to be a hundred percent. Bucks uh, minus eight at the football team. Uh, just so many bets on the Bucks. Everybody's in love with Tom Brady again even though Brady hasn't performed very well in prime time. I mean, the joke is around here it's past his bedtime when <laughs> when he plays in the, <laughs> the, the prime time game. But I love that defense from Washington. I'm going to take that, dog. I, I know that Washington's really been building up that defense. They're playing well. Chase Young is a beast. I think they spent the last, last five or six first-round picks on defense, and it's really showing up now. Uh, Ravens, three-and-a-half at the Titans you know, the Titans, uh, this is a little revenge game. Um, I love both of these coaches. They're, they're terrific. But I like the Titans here. I, I, You know, the Ravens have been underachieving a lot this year. I can't just expect them just to turn it back on, giving points on the road to the Titans. I'll take the dog. Bears at the Saints, no trust. I have no confidence in Trubisky <laughs> or Matt Nagy, for that matter. It's like all these money line and teaser parlays are on the Saints. It's nine and a half. I'll probably go to ten. The books are really going to need Chicago there. And then the, to sum it all up, Browns at the Steelers. I'm kind of with Mike. I, I like the Browns. You know, I, I think they got a little grit. I know they got some COVID issues. They're not really any significant players out. I mean, I know that they've got a starting guard. I think is out. But Vansky, I, I get it. I think they're going to rally about this and make this a very close game. I'll take the four and a half points. It might. I mean, it might up to six now, but I'll take the points and Cleveland there.
0: Mark, all you've been right. doing a lot of scribbling while this was going on. Yeah, I just I think you changed I'm, some ideas. No, I think you changed your no, mind. No, I've got—I've got all the same. So let me just—let me just go where we are connected, Mike. Okay. So there's three <laughs> games that you and I agree upon. Oh, okay. okay. We both agree on the Seahawks giving three and a half. I just I, like—I watched the Rams play last week. And uh, what's the guy's name? Wolford or whatever his name is. He's a scrambler little guy, uh, tiny little dude, uh, scrambled all over the place. I I just don't think that's a recipe for winning. Um, I like the Seahawks there given the three and a half. Uh, The the Buccaneers, what what intrigues me about the Buccaneers is can you get after – Alex Smith. Alex Smith is not going to be the most mobile guy. One thing I know about the Buccaneers, man, they are going to come after you pressure-wise on that defense. As far as blitz is concerned, first, second, third down, they are one of the most blitz-happy teams under uh, under Todd Bowles. Uh, that there are in this league, and they are so athletically gifted. Uh, now, they will give up some big plays every now and again, but the whole philosophy there with the Bucks is we may give up a big play or two, but we're going to create a bunch of turnovers. We're going to create a bunch of big plays. We're going to create a bunch of sacks, short fields for our offense. I'll give the eight and a half there. I like the Buccaneers. The Ravens, the Ravens, That def- uh, what that what that offense does, they're kind of call it heavy spread, their running game, their ability to connect and, and do those things. Um I really like the way they're playing right now. Now again, uh, let's face it: the last couple of years in the playoffs for the Ravens have not been good. Their quarterback hasn't performed. I believe they bucked that trend. I'll give the three. I'm taking the Ravens. Now, here's where we differ. I am. Um, I know you took the Colts. You like the Colts. The Bills have been blowing people out, and one of the things that I don't think has been getting enough credit is what the Bills have done on offense. Has been great. Everybody has you know talked about Brian Dable. They've talked about what you know what they are. I think defensively, when you look at this Bills team, I think their linebacking core is loaded. I think their front defensive line—they don't have a great pass rusher, but I think they're super stout on the defensive line. I think Traveria, Tredavious White, excuse me, um, is a lockdown corner that allows them to take one guy out of the completely out of commission as as a cornerback, and allows you to double team the other guy. And I think that's one of the things they do exceptionally well. I did that game against the Broncos where they absolutely thunderpunched the Broncos. Studied a couple other games getting into that game. Um, and I really like them on defense. I like them better than people giving them credit for because this is such an offensive-driven league and because of what Josh Allen is doing. So I'll take the Bills. I'll give the six and a half. Um, the other one we have is the Saints-Bears. I don't. I just flat out do not trust the Bears I think the Saints are one of the most talented teams in football. I can go all pro across the offensive line of the Saints, all pro at the receiver position. I all you know all world at the quarterback position. Um, they will get Latavius Murray back. I believe that. Uh, they're not going to be able to get Kamara back based on COVID. So, But they will get the rest of that running back room that they lost last week and still put it on Carolina. I did that game last week. So I like the Saints. I'll give the 9.5. And, and then I'm going to go with the Steelers. Kevin Stavansky has been a huge – like from a play-calling standpoint, I understand you script the first 15. I've been there. What you do scripting the first 15 is you see, hey, when we give you this personnel grouping, how do you match? When we give you this formation, how do you match? When we give you this – form, like how do you match those things? so that I can call plays down the road there's a art form to it there's a a believability to it there is a hey I'm going to call these plays here in the first quarter to set up these things in the second quarter does a does a first time play caller a guy that hasn't done it before is he just calling plays or is he setting up plays is he setting up his, his explosives i think that's where you get into trouble with uh with playing the Pittsburgh Steelers i'm going to give the Steelers uh i'm going to take the Steelers i'll give the six hey
1: hey mark i got a question for you maybe yeah. you know
0: know the answer
1: you know with with uh, Stavansky out you know and he's not like uh, on probation or anything like that but is he able to communicate with the coaches on the sidelines even though he's um, out due to covid no
0: reason? that and that and therein lies the problem so i did a game i am the covid crew right i mean i did a game in denver with no quarterbacks i did a game in carolina for the mm-hmm. saints with no running backs i did a game in detroit where like five coaches were off were out with covid and one of the things that, you know, they had tried to do via the league is saying, why, why can't my play caller come and be sequestered in a, a luxury suite where nobody he's never right. going to have a connection with anybody. It's the same technology the coaches do from the booth. Yeah. And just call the game. Why? And, and the league said, no, yeah. can't do it. We won't allow it. So, yeah, Kevin Stefanski can be involved in all the game planning, can be involved in the first 15. But the bottom line, when the ball's kicked off, he can't be involved. Unless he wears a Bobby Valentine Mustache. Mustache (laughs) and glasses. And coaches from, like, a corridor somewhere. Right. Yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there you go. There you go. You know, going back to that Saints game, too, is, you know, what's interesting is that I remember, uh, you know, being an operator and taking all these bets. I remember the Saints and the Vikings last year in the first round, and everybody was all over the Saints. And it was one of the the better decisions for us as the the Vikings went in there and, and, and beat them. You know, and, uh, but I agree. I mean, I, the Saints are a terrific team. There's no doubt about it. I mean, their defense is, is fantastic. But, uh, you never know about, you know, these NFL playoffs. It, it just, you know, there's, there's some upsets. The books always need at least one or two upsets. We're certainly going to need that, uh, this weekend. And going into the national championship game Monday, if we don't get any, uh, upsets, you know, the book is really going to need, uh, the underdog Buckeyes in that game. But, uh, we'll, um, uh, We'll have to see, but you, just looking at some of the past results and looking at that upset of the Vikings going into New Orleans and beating the Saints, anything can happen in these playoffs. That's now, the, so great about the, it.
0: the thing about it for America uh, listening right now is the, those three games that Mark and I both agree on uh, go the opposite. Uh, because based on our regular right, season record right. that's a good point. the fact that we both agree on those games that's probably kind of scary so yeah. um, so there you go that yeah. you know what that we did that for the books so that you guys <laughs> can continue to keep the lights on did yeah. i hear it correctly you guys had a record the books had a record month in Nevada in november like a record month good for you you guys really need that well it,
1: it was it was a fantastic month for us we had you know some of the bigger decisions that we've had all year go our way And and we followed that with the worst weekend of the year in week 17. We just got destroyed as every team that needed to win to get in the playoffs won. You know, And a lot of those cases, they covered. But the books really took it in the shorts uh, this past Sunday. And, you know, people get get upset with me. It's like, oh, I don't feel sorry for the books. You know, oh, poor Jay Cornegay, you know. I go, listen, I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just trying to explain it. (laughs) We we understand where we are, uh, but uh, you know, just trying to explain the results. And the books really got hammered this
0: past Sunday. Well, you, the books build beautiful buildings based on idiots like Mike and I, Jay. Thank you so much. <laughs> we'll be back with you next week. All right, buddy, to finish out these playoffs. All right, have a great weekend, guys. Thank you, Jay. All right, that's Jay Cornegay from uh, SuperBook, America's best bet. And uh, like to thank SuperBook for sponsoring the show. Also, like to thank our. Uh, Presenting sponsors, the great folks over at Sweet Sweat. Uh, For all your exercise and supplement needs, check it out, Sweet Sweat, at sweetsweat.com. For Mike, for myself, for Scott, for everybody involved in the program, enjoy Super Wild Card Weekend. It's going to be great. So we'll be back with you next week.